You're listening to On Conversation, and I am the legend Keith Chandler. Welcome to our second season, which is going to be haphazard and questionable at best. Today's episode is nothing relevant or important. Brad just happened to be in town. We're working out online kinks because I am not technologically proficient, nor do I give a shit to be so. Join us as we discuss litter and politics and the wonderful community of Emerald Isle, North Carolina, as it slowly falls into the sea. We hope that you enjoy everything we have to say. It's a rough start. Uh, Brad gets pretty philosophic about politics, and I just make jokes because that's all I'm good for. Joey will not be joining us for the foreseeable future. He's getting married, and as most people know, when you get married, that's usually the end of your life. So... There you have it. The intro music is brought to you by the Intergalactic Dharma Free Jazz Mix Collective. There's no track name for the track. It's just the track. Check them out at sweetsoundsrecords.com. And that's it. Enjoy your week. Enjoy the show. Tell all your friends we were glad to have them here for the summer. Throw your trash away. Have a great day. of uh, posterity and everything else. We're just going to jump right in. Hello, hello. <laughs> it's been a whirlwind this morning. Sorry it's been so long since you've heard from us, but we're trying to get our remote systems operational. And it has taken longer than we thought. Plus, being back at the university, my days have been pretty, pretty busy with my students and everything. So. Well, you're locked in. So we have it figured out. Brad did all the hard work. We have it figured out with the program. I don't remember the name of the program. It's been three weeks since I've been Squadcast. on it. Squadcast. Squadcast, yeah. So our <laughs> squad, me and Brad. That's what we got left. Joey, Joey's MIA. Yeah, jo- so Joey's in the process of getting ready to get married here. And he's basically lost his mind. About a month. Yeah. So he's consumed. Right. Um, so he might be back eventually. Plus, we might find somebody else to hang. We asked somebody, but he chickened out. Or he just didn't show hasn't up. Hasn't shown up. Mm-hmm. We're going to hope to rotate people, but Brad's got it figured out. I just got to get a proper online setup. Mm-hmm. But I have spent probably more time lately getting an online setup to play Magic than I have to do the much Which more... Which is so lame. <laughs> much more important podcast. <laughs> yeah, he's so lame. He's all about wizardry. I'm reading, I'm listening to a new book about wizards. What's it called? I don't know. I mean, um, it's not- called... Ascendance. It's the Ascendance series. It's okay. like five books or something. He's looking it up. So we just had a, a crew come in here. Brad's cousin, some friends of ours, Bobby and Missy, and then some people that used to come to trivia. 
Mm-hmm. He's famous on the island because he's a trivia master. Well, if anything, I'm famous because I'm a legend. But you're famous because everyone knows you and you're here. You're a fixture. <laughs> I guess so. Everyone that walks by says, I've seen that guy before. I was like, well, if you've been here any time in the summer, that's Brad. That's Dr. Brad. And Dr. Brad sits at that table. And that's where he's at. That's a really nice car, Subaru. Yeah, that's really cool. That's actually what Sam should have. Because you can throw the dogs in the back, yeah, like, and you can you can basically almost hose it out. That's what I had before, and it's fast, yeah. and it gets pretty decent gas mileage, and it can go. It's the, the four wheel drive really works on it. Okay. Yep. All right, Brad. It's called so a cross track. Let's pick a topic, or don't the anti topic. Um, Fill us in on what's going on. I was thinking about litter. Okay. I've been railing about that lately. Oh, I heard you. Yeah, yeah. You were saying you've noticed since you were the short time that you've been away, the the trash has built up. Right. Well, it was starting to do it right before I left, where I saw one piece of trash on the corner of of Crew Drive, and 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 Coast Guard Road, and I I was gonna pick it up, but I didn't pick it up, and then the next day there was two pieces of trash there, and I was talking to my mom, and I still didn't pick it up, and the next day there was a whole shit ton of trash there. It's like it it's like it it had sex and multiplied more and more trash. So I really felt like I should have picked it up. There's a concept in that if you keep a place neat, people will keep it neat. If you trash it, people will trash it. Mm. So, um, but does the, does the concepts ah, does the concept still apply? Well, I don't know. I mean, it seems like the island's pretty much been pristine as long as we keep it picked up. Seems like people were treated a little bit more respectful. But maybe it's just an illusion because people have just kept it all picked up. Mm. Do we need more garbage cans in public, do you think, at the corners and stuff? Or do people well, just need to be more Well, I don't know. I don't know because if you – I've been in I've been in Canada before. I stayed at, I was at a conference in Toronto, and it was bizarre how clean the city was, and there were no garbage cans anywhere. Like, literally, people hmm. were taking – walking with their trash till they found somewhere to put it. Hmm. Um, and the reason take- why they don't use garbage cans in the city is because of terrorism. Oh, you can hide a bomb on it. Stuff. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, but here, I guess we could have some. But then the well, problem is, then they pile trash around them, and then that trash blows around. Whereas right. people take their trash home if they don't they, have the, yep. the public utilities to go mm-hmm. get the trash enough, often enough. Yeah. But literally, this island is really, really. We're talking about Emerald Isle, North Carolina. is really, really beautiful, and no trash, hardly whatsoever. Now, the Surfrider Foundation, we give them props. They, they go, go out and, out they, pick up. and yeah. they do a beach sweep. It's either once a month or twice a month in the summertime. And they they pick an area and they go out and pick up cigarette butts. And they you can go to their Surfrider, um, Bogue Bank Surfrider, and you can see how much trash they pick up in the course of a day if you have Instagram or Facebook because it is a gigantic That's amount a of trash. Now, most of the trash they pick up is not blatant. Well, I guess it is blatant trash. But some of it looks like it blew out of the garbage cans on the beach or cigarette butts are probably, probably thousands a, and thousands, yeah, of, cigarette of, thousands butts. of cigarette butts. Yeah. And, and, um, you got to remember that a lot of the cigarette butts are not biodegradable anymore. And so you need to make sure you pick them up cause they damage sea life. And, 
you know, we're trying to protect the oceans around Well, no here. one wants to be playing around in the beach sand, building a sandcastle. With your kids. Up, scooping up someone's cigarette butts. Right, you know, that's with kinda... your kids. So um, When you travel, because uh, I know you just drove down, when you travel, do you keep your trash with you until you get to your next spot? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's what we so. Well, in general, I keep it, and I just throw it in the floorboard, and I just throw it away when I get home. Yeah, that's what we do, yeah. I think the cleanest place I've ever been to was Edenton. Oh, wow, really? Yeah, I mean, there wasn't, there wasn't, garbage anywhere at that place i mean even in the worst parts of that little town there was nothing is that on the river mm-hmm. Rhino, oh that's right i think right or it's close to the Roanoke. i guess i should know that i should but uh but anyway so obviously tourism brings a lot of trash here yeah yeah but i just have never noticed it that much before but maybe i just think it it came alive when i saw that cup on the side of the road. i'm like damn someone threw that cup out right there and you know, granted, that gas station probably should keep it picked up, but I'm sure they're having staffing problems. So, I mean, it's us, up to us as Emerald Isle residents to make sure we keep everything picked up because people literally will treat it better. There's something called the broken windows concept, and I know it's controversial but when it comes to, to poverty, but, but when it comes to a rich area like this, there's no excuse that... that that, that well, and the we people, can't have people, we, people can't up. stop their BMWs and pick up some damn trash. Well, but the, the people that visit, uh, regardless if it's their trash or not, they're equally responsible. You're coming here because you've been told you've either been here before and you've seen it or you've been told by someone to come here because of its beauty or its relaxing atmosphere or whatever. For you as a as a uh, as we would say a dip dotter or a ding batter to come from off to here and yeah. either I'm not a ding batter well, you're not no 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 oh oh you're talking about that the, 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 the other yeah <laughs> but if, you, if you're going to come here and leave your waste or whatever the least you can do is help pick up other people's because that's why you're here not to pick up trash right but to enjoy the beauty so to enjoy the beauty you're you're there's you have an inherent responsibility in contributing to maintaining that beauty yes whether you're a local, a native from off or whatever or otherwise, mm-hmm. I mean, every, you know, we're all looking out for each other. That's the whole point. We're supposed to be. Supposed to be. And as it stands, this island is, I don't know, I think it's kind of inundated. I mean, they run trash four days a week. Monday, I don't know. Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and so Friday. So the condo has, you know, the trash is picked up once a week. You're... We have our own trash company. Oh, okay. As I say, because the, the south side of the island is Monday, Friday. North side of the island is Tuesday, Thursday. Are you sure one day's not recycling and one... Wednesday's recycle. Okay. So one day's recycling, one day's... Two, right. days, two days a week for each side of the island is trash. Really? Yeah. Oh, it wasn't when I lived here. Yeah, like so... In a house. When we were on Loblolly, it was... For trash, was every Tuesday, Thursday. Recycling was Wednesday. And then on the other side, it was every Monday, Friday. I bet Emerald Isle, you pay more taxes for that because they probably found that the garbage cans, because of all the wildlife and just tourists loading up the garbage cans, that's better to do it two days a week. That they, they just got too much trash. Well, and think about when people come down. If you're down here partying and you're hammered, you're not going to remember to take the trash out on a Tuesday. You're not going to remember to put the cycle out Wednesday morning when you're. Yeah, but I think what who gets it is the people that live here and they have people down, mm. and then they end it with more trash. Right. 
But that's also putting more diesel on the, you know, diesel fumes in the air, picking up the trash and that kind of stuff. So, so then what do you do about the waste? What do you do about the trash? What, the, the extra trash sitting around? Well, just the trash in general here. How do you keep people accountable for that? Outside I, I just think we just keep it the plight. We just keep it nice and neat. You can't control the tourists that well. I mean, you could have little things. That we probably need to keep America beautiful back again because that that seemed to do a decent amount. And they would send letters when people throw shit out of their cars. They had access to the. Do you remember the commercial uh, of the Native American? Yep. paddling yep. through the thing. And that was instrumental <laughs> commercial for me when I was a kid. There was like, and then a tear rolls down his face, yeah. and it was a woman. And then, yeah. um, uh, in right. the background is the gigantic city mm-hmm. with the smokestacks and the buildings and the high rises. Yeah. yeah, what company was that? When and there was also one that showed trash everywhere and and just massive development. And and, and then there was a Native American said. When are Americans going to realize that they can't eat money? Yeah. Well, there <laughs> that you go. was a pretty badass one, too. And that's so prevalent. I was like, holy shit. Prevalent now. Yeah, yeah. So I know that there are a lot of plastics that are really tough to break down. Some plastics aren't recyclable. Yeah, so plastics, so I don't know if you know anything about plastics, but plastics photodegrade, they don't biodegrade, which means biodegradable products um, break down into their base elements. Photodegradable products break down into smaller and smaller pieces of the of the the product of that the was product, made right. right of the plastic product so basically you just get smaller and smaller micro bits of plastic right. and we really don't really know what that does and even though it might not appear to be there it's still there because it hasn't broken down into the base elements and until we can use the pieces of plastic in some more constructive well, way yeah. right which is why people want to recycle because that keeps that photodegrading out of our out of our environment and creates its own uh micro environment for the photodegrading processes so um when you have a micro environment like that where you're recycling the photodegradable processes they don't hurt as bad mm-hmm. which means recycled products need to be cheaper than unrecycled products Right. Yeah. They need should, to be, if we're taking the base elements out, that needs to be more expensive. Pay a heavier burden on that, I think. Um, have you seen the, oh, I can't think of the name of what it's, Cobb, maybe? Cobb housing? Where they take, uh, I believe that's what's called. I've seen them, they'll take tires, stack them up, you know, however tall you would want, say, like a wall in mm-hmm. your house. So let's say 10 foot. Uh, and you would take tires and lay them out in lines and stack them up 10 foot. And then you would... Uh, earth ram? It's like earth ramming with tires. Yeah, and then you yeah. put, I guess, wood in front of them. You mm-hmm. build up a wood frame. That's pretty cool. And then you fill in with dirt and plastic, whatever, recycled material. And then that's your wall mm-hmm. for your house. And they call it cob housing. I guess it, maybe you use some clay or some mud to help... Well, the insulation of that is probably out of control. Well, the, so that's why they—that's part of why they do it. And then the other reason why the few people do it is so that they can use the, the materials right. in a, I guess, a better way than just chucking them out. So, yeah, there's also, I was thinking, you know, why aren't we infusing uh, recycled plastic 
fibers into concrete to reduce the weight of the concrete and the environmental impact of the concrete. Like, is there a way to do that? So the problem with recycling a lot of times is that the amount of energy it takes to recycle a product puts that much more carbon back into the environment. Unless we're going with a, you know, a totally sunlight driven or wind driven or wave power driven Mm. kind of kind of system and then that wouldn't matter as much probably because then you know the cost is only as good as our solar panels and solar panels have gotten really really efficient as a matter of fact solar is very much at parity with with electric power that's true now keep in mind though with solar uh some of the companies that come up come up quick they can't guarantee their product Mm -hmm. they're not good with customer service and they don't offer repairs and replacements so depending on where you're getting your solar from, it's entirely conceivable that you could get spend a shitload of money for a dud. Well, but there are a lot of really old on. solar companies like First Solar, like that have been around 25 years. So yeah, I'm just saying, do, and Tesla. As a consumer, right, do do, right. do do your research. Yeah, definitely do your research because, yeah, and there are some that will allow waste, you. Solar waste is not good either. Right, and and they're they're making more and more efficient panels plus they're making panels that don't necessarily use such uh, dangerous materials so that was one of the they're things getting better, yeah. plus they're making vertical wind mills and they do less damage to the environment plus they're less atrocious you know atrocious looking plus they don't make as much noise so a vertical wind mill looks like a spiral right you know and the wind blows through I mean, it I, think, I thought about putting those on my cliff I think windmills here would be a Oh yeah, like every every never stops. every fifty feet you could put, or every hundred feet you could put one of those vertical windmills, and they'd actually be beautiful. Right, decorate them, paint them on the bottom. And they do hit a bird or two occasionally, but nothing like the environmental impact of the temperature the, rising. The big, big, yeah, the yeah. Big, big, yeah, yeah. So that's what people they that's a, you know they use that. Uh, ridiculous argument of you know well what about the birds that or the bats or whatever that windmills are damning well one degree in temperature change is much worse than any well, that's gonna any kill kind of windmill birds and bats anyway, yeah and, <laughs> and there's wind blowing across the Midwest and not that many birds uh, and the desert you know so why aren't, why aren't we tapping all that use it yeah while we have it yeah just the amount of solar that is in the desert where the sun shines all the time well they've built solar farms all through the coast here yeah they're getting better and better i mean there's yeah now i was told and i won't say by whom and all that because you know but um that the power companies put them in to fulfill a minimum obligation of a certain percent renewable and then once they hit that point they stop well of course so that means that's why only policy legislates public, the public, right? And so, I mean, we can only do so much as the public because people got families to raise. They got, you know, they got dogs to feed. They got, got jobs eat. to go to. They yeah. got to eat, right? They got to build schools. They got to do all these things for their kids and, and, and for their community. So, you know, they don't have time to be diddling around. So there needs to be public policy, and 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 investment in these th- typical things, and then they'll be super cheap. What um, it, do, it you know, there's all kinds of evidence that shows that over and over and over again. Yeah. What what? Public what? investment actually really works, and a lot of our inventions have come from public investment. Just look at all the inventions from the military or from NASA, or from the National Science Foundation or the National Institute of Health. All these different 
people have, have, have funded all kinds of money into research and it has actually worked and then then private companies have taken the ball and run with it and made tons of money for mm-hmm. their for their shareholders and for their employees and and you know for the United States and for the world but what book or movie do you think that has come out in our time most is most do you think would most accurately represent the possible environmental future of our planet by that i mean to say like do you think we're more mad max or do you think we're more water world like what do you what do, what do you think i think all that sub, sub i mean supposition is is ridiculous at this point because i i I don't think we're going to be Mad Max. I think there's a possibility we might be Mad Max, but I, I think right now we're past the phase of Mad Max. I think if there are is an is an apocalypse and there's a post-apocalyptic world, it'll be solar and wind-driven, and it'll be highly technological because those are the because those people will survive and they will have the technology and the power to build it. I guess I'm just wondering is if if things are heating up and things melt. I just wonder how much land would be consumed and then what would be, you know, that's why I say if it'd be like a water world, maybe with more land, though. Well, desalinization of the oceans maybe will change the acidic content, too. Like, the problem is we have to have a certain amount of salt in there. Um, Over time, the Earth's system will balance itself, even with the polar ice caps melted. They've been melted before. Right. So, um... Earth's got a pretty good way of looking after itself. Yeah, so I don't think it's it, it could be a water world type of type of dealio. I think we're going to be dealing with that. I think. Uh, I hope that my great 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 grandkids get gills, though. That'd be pretty cool. I mean, I think versus building, <laughs> I guess Miami can be Venice of America, you know, and and you could build things like that. Uh, I think we really need to have some kind of law that that states that when something becomes derelict for a certain amount of time, it turns back into naturalness. Like we just tear down everything that's there. And Mm -hmm. I I don't know, maybe with preservation, like some of these old buildings that have been derelict for 50 years and then someone takes them back over and redoes them and they look great and they have the history still attached to them. So I'm on the fence about whether that is, but I think about a lot of these these derelict buildings and old gas stations and just old strip malls like it seems to me i was noticing this in the the area that i'm at in indiana that you know there's perfectly good strip malls and then people build a new strip mall and those box stores and people and go to the new strip mall and then the other one becomes derelict like yeah that's what i'm saying like i don't like what why why are they even moving why is why is someone developing that area that's totally pristine? They don't have Surely to. Surely it's more cost effective to, like you say, take an older... Refit the building yeah, yeah. that they're already in. Certainly. Yeah. But people want something new and they, you know, uh, people just want to go to a new spot. And but why is that? Because of marketing, commercialism? Well, and this, someone wants this. someone that owns that land wants to develop it. So then they build a nicer building there and then it goes from there. So, you know, we have to have this idea of newness I guess we need to work on and I'm terrible about it like I don't necessarily like used clothing so and a lot of my friends buy a bunch of used clothing they go to these and they find this now I buy some vintage clothes in case it kind of grosses me out to wear somebody else's clothes um well and but you you uh 
in my opinion, you also have a very unique and refined style, and you, the 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 way that you dress and carry yourself, you're not going to find that stuff at the. Yeah, I mean, you do. It's, it's, so, well, some of my jackets have come from Venice stores, and like five of my coats were my. Well, but I mean, that'd be the a same. A ton for me. of my overcoats are my dad's. Like a lot of my stuff is my father's, my father's, and my stepfather's. I don't find I, two large T-shirts and ombro shorts at Goodwill. I'll tell you that. Yeah. Well. That's what Goodwill in Europe you would. <laughs> you find some umbras. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And Fila. Fila, and, yeah. And all the European brands. Yeah, 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 yeah. Kappa, yeah. Yeah, you have to order your umbras online. Is that where you get them? Because yeah, I don't even, I don't think I've even seen them in a... I get them through the like Umbro di- USA website because okay. that's the only place I can get them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. By the way, Yeah, they were the first shorts. Like, you could be a sponsored I'm umbra sponsor. Yeah, I'm looking at you for an endorsement. Yeah, I've yeah. Been, been wearing Umbro since '85. You were an old soccer player too. That's, that's right. Yeah, old. I mean, football player. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. football. Football. Yeah, yeah. So um, I can see. So I can see. I mean, we can have a future. I don't. I don't have a p- apocalyptic mindset. I think we have way too much apocalyptic literature, and I think the problem is we tend to build what we believe is going to happen in the future, just like all of our predictions in science fiction or. A great deal of them, more than 50% of them have come true, which is, you know, kind of like building building the idea and then the idea creates the science and then the science creates the product mm. or the science creates the, uh, the, the, the design and then industry creates the product and then Americans or world people buy the product and then that becomes our future, right? I, I really feel like we need to be extremely careful about what we believe is going to happen in the future. Because if we believe there's going to be an apocalypse or democracy is going to collapse or all that stuff, then it will have a likelihood of doing that. The great North Carolina orator Curtis Moore says, thoughts are things. Well, they can manifest in the future. So that's, I'm just, Because you can't have a thing before you, I mean, a thought precedes a thing. Yeah, yeah. Chicken or the egg. Mm -hmm. In this case, the egg. But, Mm -hmm. yeah... I don't know. I mean, I want to believe that legislating something can change things, but I don't have faith in that. I think it all depends on people. And I don't think people, I don't think all people are ready to accept certain inevitabilities. And I don't, I don't mean this like in like a. No, uh, and I don't necessarily want to legislate. I I believe in negative liberty too. Like I don't want people, I don't want the government telling people what to do as much as I want people to realize like Jesus Christ, where this is a spaceship flying through the universe. Like, and, and just because a a few rich people are going to go to Mars, there's no fucking air on Mars or Venus or anywhere we would go right now. Well, I'm going to tell you right now, man, people. Look, I don't. You, I mean, so you're going to be living in a bubble with your ass on Mars. Yeah, say what you want, but Jeff Bezos and Elon it's Musk, stupid. they don't care about you. They're not here to help you. They're here to make money and make products and aggrandize themselves. For the, well, for the and demi, it's so for the ridiculous for the that, that, that they, they got they so much credit for what they did, and well, that they shit was done 60 years but, ago. But this thing, uh, neither one of them actually got into space. They were in one of the upper atmospheres. They weren't. Yeah. They weren't technically even. And they're and oh well. Yeah. And then Jeff Bezos comes down and he's like, I've had this life changing event and blah, 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 blah. And it's like, dude, dude, you didn't even break the upper atmosphere, man. And you don't, you're, you're saying the same stuff today that you said in 94, man. You're killing us. You're killing me. Yeah. So, yeah, well, the press has got to have something to do. 
you know, and part of it's the 24-hour news cycle. I mean, there's 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 some things we we pro- I think just the average American needs to be better educated on on how propaganda works, how um, you know everybody should read Daniel Kahneman's book, Thinking Fast and Slow. Okay, like there's the so much. Uh, no, no, he stopped. There's so much <laughs> that you you really need to understand about what's being delivered to you. And you need to be extremely selective about what you allow in your living room. There should be no TV on 24 hours a day. Like, it is just not necessary. It's also bad for your nervous, your your sympathetic nervous system to keep that thing active so much. Yeah. Right, yeah. How can you have quiet time and 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 meditative time if your sympathetic nervous system is is reacting over and over and over again. So I just feel like if, if we could do that more than anything else, get people to, you know, cut off the news that's coming into their house. At the heart of this? Well, because local local is everything. Like, local is everything for in, on the average, right? So the fact that people are so crazy about national politics is insane because it really... You know, I mean, there's there's certain ideological things that might affect you, but in general, you know, be involved and 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 look shit up when you see it on the news. Good lord! Well, what you uh, it's fucking ridiculous. At the end of at the end of the day, what we're what we're really the thing about critical race theory just blew me away. Great, like that is a law school theory. No one uses that shit. What we're getting at is a uh, like a. Uh, a, uh, a cultural change, like an actual like uh, paradigm shift in the in the in the mass group think of society for everyone together to say, okay, I don't need news 24 hours a day. I don't need TV 24 hours a day. I do need to double check things. I do need to be skeptical. You, you don't need to be a skeptic. You need to be skeptical. You don't need to be a cynic. You need to be cynical at times. Right. And, well, and there it, does need to be a substantial amount of doubt. Descartes was right with that, but but like what you're saying. Yeah, you got to have. There's got to be. There's like got to be a balance. A and, mass group, and that's what's like. It's got to yep. be. There can be individuals, but until the whole, in my opinion, until the whole thing, everybody together moves in the one way, the consciousness shifts. I guess what I'm saying. That's when. That's when I think we'll see it. And maybe it's happening slowly, it seems like, maybe. Mm-hmm. But then, like you say, there's like little things that'll pop right. up and you think, really? Really? For America to, to, to work, the idea of America, it requires us to work together a substantial amount to make it work. And that is built on compromise. If you know anything about history, you have to compromise to build some kind of representative government. It doesn't work without compromise. Like, no one's going to get along. No one's going to actually have the exact same idea they agree on. Shit, I don't, I, I have people that have the same kind of political backing I have and or political understandings and all those things, and I don't agree with them on some stuff. Like, even though I'm supposedly the same ideology as them, and, and I just think people need to understand that, like, it requires us to work together. Or there's and That's the, why uh, it's called a democratic, you know, republic. Like, you, you, we have to work together. Then there's the, the... And every time governments have failed like this, they have... It, it's because they didn't work together. I agree. Mm-hmm. Then there's the, the, the other weird kind of catch-22 one, which is where... 
The two parties agree on exactly the same thing, but through subterfuge, obfuscation, and rhetoric, they've right. made it seem like mm-hmm. two different objects when they're really discussing the same thing, the exact same thing. Yeah. yeah, it's crazy. I mean, if you poll Americans, they almost agree on. You know, it would be great to do a mass poll and see exactly <laughs> how many people just with straight facts, like or straight statements, without any kind of political obfuscation on them. You know what people actually agree on. I bet it's about eighty percent. I mean, literally. Do you? I mean, like I have, I have liberal people stating conservative things, and I have conservative people stating liberal things, and they think they're the opposite. It's the craziest bullshit I've ever seen. Right. Because they really don't know what these ideologies are. Do you do you think it's um, do you and, think it's a trust thing? Hmm? Do you think there's a trust breakdown somewhere along the way? That has that has catapulted a lot of people into. Um, I don't want to say. I think more. there always is. I mean, I think you know we're naturally because of our, uh, you know, our genetics suspicious because in order to survive in the wild, you probably have to be suspicious of a lot of things. But I think now we can kind of. I mean, doubt is different than suspicion, right? Suspicion requires intent. Doubt could be a mistake. Mm. I guess you could have a suspicion of a mistake. But... Now we're getting meta. Yeah, let's not go there. Uh, So (laughs) we can get down a wormhole of philosophy and I'll go off. So, um, but yeah, I think think working together is key. Like, I think that's, that's, you know, we're a union... And we're trying to make a more perfect union. That doesn't mean that we're going to fight all the time and not uh, not try to come to an agreement on something that we don't agree about. Mm-hmm. Right. So you can come to agreement on something you don't agree about. It's a lesser version of the ideology on both sides right. or the issue on both sides. Right. So we can agree on something even if it's not exactly the same thing. Sure. And governments, these kind of governments work the best when people can do that. This idea of blocking, so if it's, if it's a Republican thing coming or quasi-Republican like a thing coming through that's blocked on one side by the Democrats and it's done vice versa on the other side, that's ridiculous. Those people need to get to work and go do their jobs. We're paying them a decent amount of money. They get great health insurance and they get lots of power and they need to do their friggin' jobs. And they don't do shit, yeah. Well, they're just like, well, I'm not going to agree to that. My constituents, well, no, your constituents really want jobs. They want, they want well, nice housing. They want their roads taken care of. A lot of the elected officials actually don't speak for their constituency. And and interestingly they, enough, they, they speak to their, for their donors. Right, and they, they actually don't know what their constituency wants because they don't spend enough time there paying attention to it. Well, I think part of it is just their, the fundraising is so much part. We have to have publicly financed elections. Everybody needs to get the same amount of money, and let's see what you can build. Right. Yeah. But again, that requires, I think, a consciousness shift because all these people that have power— Or have they, a limited amount of funds people can, they don't can give donate to PACs. I mean, I don't, think they're, I don't think money is free speech because as soon as you make money free speech, it makes rich people have more speech. Like, right. That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. I can't believe the Supreme Court would even think that's a viable option. And if anybody's a, a legal scholar, I'd like to know why in the hell they were able to pass that, that out of everything. It's even— more stupid than the Citizen United stuff. It is. 
I agree. I'm not disagreeing. How can like, money be free speech? I like, think, it's just the craziest thing I've ever heard. Well, you... Money is not speech. Corporations are not citizens. Like, the whole idea that an inanimate body that the state creates, you know, that could allows be, people to make a profit Could be a legitimate it. representative or something? Hmm? And a brick wall to prevent... Well, I mean, if we're going to label them citizens because of all the extra power they've always had through history, I mean, shit... The East India Company ran India for a number of years as a private corporation. They had their own army. So, I mean, at some point, someone's got to put a hammer down on them. And our founding fathers were extremely suspicious of corporations because of the way the aristocracy used them well, it, to control the world. I get in trouble for saying this a lot. But yeah, I, you get in trouble a lot, actually. That's true. Uh, <laughs> but I think, I think it's, it would be well worth the time to sit down and reevaluate our Constitution. Well, our Constitution is, in, is incredibly lean for a reason that it could be built upon. But, but does it apply to us now? Yeah. Yeah, I think it's good. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it, I mean, if you've read it recently, it's very lean. It is very, very lean. And it's designed to be that way because our our founding fathers couldn't agree on much either. So this notion that we we're somehow had some kind of massive agreement through history is bullshit. We've never agreed on hardly anything, but we've worked together to come to a conclusion. Mm -hmm. Literally. I mean, without Benjamin Franklin, I doubt the third constitutional convention would have existed. Like, because he was running around buying people wine and making sure everybody was happy. Probably what I would be doing in a constitutional convention. But, but, uh, yeah, it's lean on purpose, right. and it's hard to amend on purpose. It means you have to get enough people together to do it. But that being said, you know, judicial review didn't exist back then, and so the idea that the Supreme Court can do that is not in the Constitution. So Right. So that kind of well, – that's, that's, yeah. then that's like shifting sands. Right. You know, because any time the courts change, any time the adjudicators switch places or, you know. Well, some people have said that the, that the Supreme changes. Court shouldn't be for life. Like it maybe it should be for 20 years or something like that. Because especially if you get a young justice on there, they could they could be there for 50 years and they become like royalty almost or like aristocracy. I think I think any any position where you are in, quote unquote, elected or picked or chosen power over a greater body of people. You, there has to there has to be a limit. There has well, to be. and people, I'm 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 for a decent amount of term limits, um, j just for the. And I'll tell you. I this. mean, I think if we had publicly funded elections, we wouldn't have people hanging out so much in, in, uh, like Strom Thurmond. Yeah, well, I'll <laughs> tell you. Built this. a wing for his ass. I don't know any of the people. I mean, I know who they are. I know who the the justices are. Don't get me wrong, mm -hmm. but I don't know those people on the Supreme Court. I didn't vote for them to be there. They're not speaking for me, and they're definitely not voting on my beliefs or my behalf. Well, I think they've actually done a relatively decent job. No, in I'm, the not, I'm not saying, I'm not that, saying they that they. I'm just yeah, just the, yeah. That, that concept. They, they, you didn't put them in there. No, but you're you know? not. So there. Remember that could evolve. I mean, right. well, there's no reason why. I mean, that's why the Constitution is so lean, so it can evolve into what we need in the future. Because the founding fathers knew that. You know, we were going to be a, we were going to be larger. We were going to have all these things to deal with, and it needed to be well. And basically, that's the only thing they could agree on at that point. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, well, they, they didn't agree on it. They had to have the Bill of Rights added to it so they would, you know, the anti-federalists would actually agree on it. So, I don't yeah. think, I think it's a fascinating thing to think about. I'm reading a book about Jefferson right now. It's super interesting. Is this... Are you reading a book that posits that Jefferson was a wizard? No. <laughs> Jefferson may have been a wizard. is a terrible bookkeeper. <laughs> That's awesome. No, I'm just, I try to read autobiographies. I mean, I try to read biographies, a decent amount of biographies, especially I, if they're written by. I have a growing stack of books, but the only biography. It's gigantic, is, is and I just read sections of it at a time. Uh, it's a really thick one. I've got a really big one about Thelonious Monk that I haven't started yet. Oh, that'd be good. But I'm really eager to get to it. So there is a guy that writes, what's the guy's name that writes? The one on Benjamin Franklin that, oh my God, what's that guy's name? He writes super entertaining biographies. Uh, oh, you mean Bill O'Reilly writes those great history books? No, he's an idiot. <laughs> um, okay, let's see. Uh, I can't remember this guy's name. He's worth um, he's worth mentioning. Walter Isaacson is the guy's name. I remembered it before. I don't Never heard of him. Walter Isaacson. So he's written um, about a bunch of different people and they're thick as hell, but they're worth listening to. Uh, certainly if you can't read it, you can listen to it. It's quite entertaining. The one about Benjamin Franklin is quite entertaining. Um, and I read it a long time ago, but hmm. yeah. So he normally peels off something and he writes. So I try to read biographies like twice a year. So I get some biographies. I think they're more interesting than just reading straight history. Um, but, but yeah, I, uh, a podcast to somebody, sorry. It, it is a, you know, when you think about the way our government can evolve, it is built to evolve. Therefore it has to evolve and it has evolved over the years. But I think some of the things maybe that we have done, like, like money being free speech and, and a few errors we've made like that, um, need to be corrected. I don't think congressmen need to spend half their time fundraising. I think they need to work. I agree. And I think representatives need to work. And I think, uh, you know, presidents need to work. I think they're public servants, and I don't think they should be there forever. I mean, we put term limits on the president. Why don't we have term limits? On you know, everybody else. Three times for a senator, five times for a House of Representatives. You also shouldn't be able to go into government either a kind of rich or doing pretty well and come out incredibly wealthy you shouldn't be able to go in poor well, that's and come not out what, wealthy that's not normally what happens what happens is people come out they're not wealthy when they come out but the job they get when they come out might them make them wealthy that's called the revolving door the problem with that and is at the very least can we hurry up and get madison cawthorn out of there so the problem with Please? with so the idea stop that so the idea is that that the problem with there's two there's a, a a benefit and a problem so if you have someone from the industry they're going to know a lot about the industry hmm. right so if you have someone on the on the 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 finance committee that is a banker he's going to know about finance if you got some dipshit that was a farmer he's probably not going to know about finance, finance not that right, farmers yeah. are dipshits but okay. just the idea a, of someone that doesn't know yeah. different different kind of knowledge and if you got um 
you know, someone from the from the fossil fuel industry, when you're talking about fossil fuels, they're going to know what they're talking about. That being said, they also, that is the industry that they love. Mm -hmm. It's what they understand. They're turned on by it, and therefore they're going to benefit that industry. So then, so it's a double-edged sword. So if we get people in there that don't know anything about the industry, we tend to sabotage ourselves in what we can do as a country. Mm -hmm. And then if we get people in there that are too involved in the industry, they end up you know, re- raking, raking in all this extra money. Now, I'm okay with with people that, you know, develop a knowledge base and then they get paid for it. I mean, like, get out in the industry. Get some money for what you've done for your country. You know, that's fine. I'm okay with them getting some experience and making some money off of it. But some of it is just they, they leave, then they come back, then they leave, then they come back. I think right. that's... We probably don't need that. What, Which what, would term limits would help that? What do you think about the idea of politician as celebrity? And I ask this in part because that's the natural thing that's going to occur in a time of spectacle. Well, I ask in part because I, I just I don't know much about it. I just saw an article uh, headline and like a mm-hmm. picture, but um, uh, Ocasio Cortez going to the Met Gala with a tax the rich on the dress. Yeah, as if the rich aren't getting taxed because they do get taxed. Well, no, something the ultra-rich don't. They borrow money. Well, they can get out of it. But, uh. but, but, yeah, I mean, like, that's that would be the move, in my opinion, that, like, a celebrity would make, like, a big statement. Out of, well, like, she is kind of a celebrity. Well, that's what I'm she saying. She always has been well, with that's her what Twitter I'm saying. followers. So, yep. Well, that's what I mean. Like, so how many of these politicians are in it for, at this point, I would say none of them are in it for the actual politics or their constituents. But how many are no, in No, you can't say none. That's a qualifier. Like you could say maybe 70% are in it for the money or in it for the fame. Okay, okay. Right, then 30% are in it for the whatever. But it's hard to separate that stuff out. You naturally, so the people that want to be in the spotlight. Why are we making these people into celebrities? Because they are. They're they're fucking paper pushers. Yeah, but they're still. they should be. But being a politician is hard work. Like, I don't know if you've ever, I mean, it. A real politician that does their job, it's hard work. My logic having is... Having meetings, five meetings a day, and having a staff to manage, and and uh, have you ever watched Madam Secretary? I haven't, I, but but again, and I'm not, I'm not, this is not a, this is going to sound like a partisan statement, and I'm not trying mm-hmm. to make it that at all, this is not, mm-hmm. don't read into it, but Trump, quote unquote, did it for four years. But he's a special case. So, so he's a special case. No, he didn't do a lot of work last I, I, I'm, I'm, thirty I'm, years. Yeah, I'm not. I'm just saying. I mean, but I mean, but he still had a decent amount of meetings. You have to talk to people you don't like. You have to go to these budget reconciliation things. But that's you what I'm saying. I mean, if a circus clown can do it, why can't the average <laughs> citizen do it? <laughs> they can. Like it's designed for just the average citizen to do it. Right. So then, why why are we? And we've why, had some average we, citizens. That's what I'm saying. So why are we turning these people into celebrities? Like it can't it can't look if if well, a, if, a, if a guy with happens. a third if a guy with a third grade education that can only work in stick figure pictures can run the country and not completely destroy it, then being a politician can't be that difficult. I'm not convinced. Hmm. The stress level is extremely difficult. Stress level of running your own electrical business is... is That's true. Stress level of being a collegiate professor and trying to culture people into a a difficult world. Balance your workload, yes. But to say it's easy and and I would say being a corporate CEO is probably easier than being a politician. Hmm. 
it, especially with a, a decent sized corporation where you have a whole staff and you, but again, it's a similar, you're, it's, it's hard to understand the pressure that's on you as a politician from so many different levels and areas and, and, and I just don't know. I think it, I think it would be very, very stressful. Like I was just thinking that I would love to be, I, you know, I'm pretty well-spoken. I could probably be a politician, but I don't know if my heart could take it. Well, oh, so I guess the questions that I would think you'd have to ask yourself are, are, can you live with people blaming you for everything? Including Literally, someone that, hates you. That have nothing to do with <laughs> yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. someone will always um, not just disagree with you, but maybe hate you and try to kill your kids. Is your self-importance and self-worth and your levels of personal narcissism Well, you have to be a, a level hand bone to be able to do that. Yes. To, to, uh, now again. You have to want attention. To, to, yeah, former, to do that. Former President Trump's credit, and I'm giving him a lot of respect here. Um, uh, I mean, the man was so magnanimous, you couldn't put him down. He just, well, you know what? Da -da -da -da. Yeah, he wasn't affected by it. But, so that's that thick skin. There's no hubris. Right. But again, I mean, there are people that are ham bones that have hubris. He's extreme case. So, um, but again, we've got to be careful using extreme cases for the average. Right. Uh, and, then, right. and then there's, yeah, so. So there's an average politician that is gracious, that is you know, wants to do well, and some of them just have pressure from their donors and the lobbyists, and, you know, and I, we haven't talked about lobbying, but there's some lobbyists that probably we need to drag out back and adjust. Flog. Uh, yeah, flog, <laughs> publicly flog, throw fruit at like they used to um, in the stocks. But, again, just think of all these, you know, NGOs that wouldn't have a, a current congressman's ear without lobbyists. So, mm -hmm. you know, you, so these are, these are complex, not complicated, um, kind of issues sometimes. And, and they, a lot of ins, they, a lot of outs, a lot of variables. So trying to figure out exactly what's going on, but I think term limits would help that a lot. Like, I mean, we got a lot of egomaniacs in America. They, if that would love the attention, I mean, Everybody can take their turn. <laughs> I think it's an interesting thing about humans that it certainly appears that we want to have all of the independence that we can muster up and, and, and express it and exploit it to its maximum self. Yet, ironically, we, we really do desire leadership. Yeah, well, and and we don't want to be herd. held accountable all the we're time. We're herd animals, so there is normally an alpha male or an alpha somebody now. And and, and, and you know, we like we like we don't want to make all the decisions all the time. You know, and if you if you have a decent couple, the wife makes a decision part of the time, or uh, you know, and the husband makes a decision, or the partner makes a decision, then the other partner makes a decision. So a lot of the a lot of the management in a family or in a family type unit is shared. And so we don't like to be led around all the time, probably. I mean, there might be some people that, that do, but we're kind of variable on that. And so, I mean, I don't want to make all the decisions for the government well, every I'll, day. I'll I right mean, now. literally, we could, we could do away with the House of Representatives and do everything on our phones. That's true. Um, and, and most just of the relationships it. I'm in, I wear the pants, but I usually ask if it's jeans or khakis. Yeah, you don't wear the pants. What are you talking about? <laughs> 
Okay, so I ask if it's ombros or small khaki shorts. Yeah, or tight, tight khakis. <laughs> oh my goodness! All right, well, well we have been ta- we've been railing. So let's move on to something bigger and better for the last couple minutes. Music. You haven't given your your anything about music. So Brian and April went to see Primus doing. Um, a the tribute to Rush because remember they opened up for oh, Rush yeah. all these years and I got a FaceTime call from them while Primus was playing Closer to the Heart which was really yeah. really beautiful and um, uh, the Primus lead singer I can't remember his name but he apologized Les for Claypool not, so Les apologized because he couldn't sing like Getty Lee <laughs> but he asked the crowd to help him and it was really beautiful and there was a lot of lasers and it was Nice, and they sent some videos. Props to Brian and April, my friends that were there. Um, they sent some videos to me. Where where was it? It was at the 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 concert area in downtown Raleigh. Oh, okay, Damn, not I can't believe we not that. Walnut Creek, but in downtown Raleigh, I like in the middle of. Yeah. It was really yeah. it was really pretty. I thought literally when I first saw the video, I thought it was inside. Yeah, we saw like Primus the acoustics there. was real were great. really good. No, no, it's it's a great yeah. venue. We saw Primus there a couple years ago with. Um, what helmet? It was um, clutch. It was a great show. Sounded fantastic. Yeah, yeah. It was. Now Rush. You know, I'm a critic for Rush, so you know they probably sounded okay playing Rush, but because Rush is Rush and Rush yeah, is hard to. You I mean, like even even people that are as good as Primus, you have a hard time matching yeah, the tough. ability yeah. of three people and yeah. you know that can do what Rush did for. 40 years, 50 yeah, 40, years. 40, let's see, 1976 or 7 until only just a handful of years ago yeah, when Neil maybe died. five years ago, yeah. yeah. So, um, but I, I give them props for sending me the video, props to Primus for, uh, you know, doing a tribute to one of the most legendary three-piece bands that has ever existed. Uh-huh. Um, and, and the epitome of the power, you know, here's to you, Neil, hope you're in a great place driving really fast. Like you used to drive and, uh, and to the members of Primus, thank you for giving that particular concert because it just the video that I saw was excellent. That's cool. Yep. I think we're going to try if we can work it out, go see the dead and company in Charlotte. I think they're there the first of October. Who? Dead and Company. I've never even it's, heard of It's that. the remaining, the last three remaining guys from the Grateful Dead. Oh God! And then they're still alive. John Mayer's playing guitar in place of Jerry Garcia, and he's he's really embraced it. it the couple videos I've seen, he's like, well, he loved Jerry. He's cooking. Like yeah, he's really he loved doing Jerry. a great job. Yeah, he, he, hear him t- he talks about Jerry. And then uh, this guy Oteil Burbridge, who is like probably one of the greatest modern bass players i think he played with the allman brothers and other he's like really 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 good just a monster player that'd be worth going to see he is and um, i don't like the grateful dead no i mean yeah well i like some of their stuff not everything but just bob weir like uh, a friend of mine and i were talking is about bob it. there yeah so but he's been doing this since he was 16 like when the grateful dead started bob weir dropped out of school he's 16 years old and you got to think this guy's in his 70s now so I think Bob probably will never stop playing. He'll do like little nightclub scenes. Occasionally, he'll just appear in a nightclub in New York or somewhere. And but I mean, like, think where about does that. he live? Does he live in California? Oh yeah, yeah. They all still live up there in San Francisco. Phil Lesh is still where alive. it all he just, started. He just, he just doesn't play. But but it's um Bill Kreutzmann and Mickey Hart, which were the two percussionists, and um, Bobby Weir, 
And then the rest of the band is... Bob plays keyboard? Uh, guitar. Oh, okay. He was the counterpoint to Jerry. Oh, okay. So Jerry was rhythm, he was uh, lead? No, Bob actually played rhythm. Oh, did he? He, would, he learned all these crazy jazz chords, and he would try to, like... Um, he would try to, like, mess with Jerry, and he'd play different chords in the songs every try night. Try to mess Jerry up. So that Jerry could get through That's the... That's hysterical. But they had this... They had this weird thing going Back on, and you know, so they would just... But that's what I'm saying. John, John Mayer, uh, not surprisingly, because he's like super talented, but uh, he has embraced that role really, really, really well. And like I said, the couple of videos I've seen watching them play, I mean, he, they're just, they sound really good. They sound really, really, really good. So we're thinking of trying to see them. I don't know. I'm trying to think of interesting artistic stuff because we usually do recommendations and things. But I've been kind of reading some of the same books in rotation, like the Michael Malice book about anarchy, the Wendell Berry book, which I'm almost done with. Um, I've been reading a book here and there on Zen arts, like, mm-hmm. like the art of like the tea ceremony and. Uh, so speaking of that, that's so interesting. Let me break in right here and say that I have started meditating using Zen cones. And the meditation is much more effective. Oh, okay, okay. So you're doing the cones now? Mm-hmm. Yeah, those are fun. Oh. So I've, I've focused on one right now that I've been doing for about a week and a half, and it is very, very effective. And I feel like I'm going to do that for two weeks, and I'm going to switch to a different cone. What's the one you're do doing that. right now? I'm doing the one about the professor is meeting with the Zen master and the Zen master is filling up his teacup and the professor's like, you're overfilling that, you're overfilling that. And um, the Zen master says to the professor, how can you learn Zen if your cup is so full? (laughs) What was the one that I read the other day? So I was thinking about learning. So what what does that say to you? What does it mean? What do you think it means? The, the idea it doesn't of, have to mean anything. It well, gives it a loop that your mind concentrates on. Yeah, but the idea of the cone, so as I understood it, was <laughs> the your Roshi would give you the cone. You would meditate on it. And until you gave the Roshi the answer. There is no answer. Or a satisfactory answer. Well, that's why they would just do it until they thought you were done. Then they, then they, they would just, let you. They just say that was the answer. Move to the, that's, yeah, it's yeah, yeah. so arbitrary. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it depends on w- whether it's spring, fall, what was autumn, the one or winter. I, I read the other day. What did you look like before you were born? Yeah, yeah, that's a. De- that's a. De- I might meditate on that one next. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That one's that one's really cool. Yeah. So I just feel like, and I literally were was driving to work one day, and I had no anxiety, none. Like I totally was on board with everything that was in my life. I just had. I even called Sunny. I was like, I, I just want you to know, Mark, this on the calendar. I have no anxiety. Like none whatsoever. Everything is beautiful. Do you normally get anxiety going to work? No, I just normally have a baseline. Everybody has a baseline of anxiety. Like of things you got to get done or whatever. And I literally was, and that was after I'd been doing it about four days. Hmm. Yeah, and I was like, are the cones doing this? Because they're keeping my mind in a loop. Kind of controlling my mind. Interesting. Yeah, very mantra-esque. And I just wonder if, well, the problem with mantras is my mind would get bored with them and it would, it would, they wouldn't do the loop anymore. So I think with cones, because there's so many of them, I literally can, when my mind gets bored, I can just switch cones. There was another one that I read, this was many months ago now, uh, 
something to do with watching a river. What what do you think when you meditate on the movement of a river? And the the quote unquote right answer is supposed to be that the river is standing still and I am moving. And that's yeah, how, and, yeah, that's crazy ass answer. Right, but, but that's how that's the right answer. Yeah. To the cone. But I mean, you got there like, is no right answer. See, you can't even say that because. Almost all Zen masters say there's no right answer. Right, but that's, that's what I'm saying. Well, they don't say there's a right answer. They say there is no answer. Correct, and so this is, that's the, inter- the, whole point. This is the interesting thing I about, need to write some. about Zen is that it's so, uh, it's so arbitrarily exact. So have you been doing you and your mala, counting your beads? The dogs broke my mala. Oh, my God. That's like a whole, a that's why you got a chain on. A couple on. of months ago. Yeah. Well, you need to get, I'll, get, I'll send you mine. No, you have that's yours, man. No, but it'd be special. I'll get a new one, and then I, I okay. love buying new shit. I was gonna go to Boston and go get one from the Buddhist guy that I got when I got my first one. Oh, because that's where I got it. Did you? Was well, if I'm in Boston, I'll pick one up for okay, you. It was from the Buddhist guy in Boston and <laughs> Harvard Square. Oh my God, I haven't been to Harvard Square in so long. Yeah. All right, so I think we're done. Make a recommendation real quick if you got one. Um, I don't mean to direct you around like that. I'm sorry. So I'm really enjoying this audio fantasy book because, you know, it's probably even teen, teen literature. I don't even know. It was I was driving back from Indiana to the coast and I had to have something to keep the dog quiet. So I I got this and it's the Ascendant series by. Oh, my God. Audible just shit can me. Oh, no. Womp, womp, womp. Um, I'll tell you what. The, go ahead and give you a recommendation. I got to sign in to Audible to see what the damn. So, like I said, I've been kind of reading the same books in succession lately. So, uh, I will say there was a, a podcast that I heard when I went to see uh, my mom recently. Um, uh, Lex Friedman, or Friedman, I think is how he specifically says it. Uh, you can find it on YouTube. He interviews a guy named Jaron Lanier. I've talked about Jaron a few times because I really like his work. Uh, J-A-R-O-N-L-A-N-I-E-R. And then Lex, L-E-X, Fridman, F-R-I-D-M-A-N. They have a crazy, super fascinating discussion about uh, future worlds, AI, um, algorithms, and and really, in a sense, the meaning of life. So it's it's such a good really good conversation jaron has a lot of really fascinating things to say um the thing that stuck with me the most was the comment that he made that if you believe in the future you have to get out of its way you can't believe in living forever and the, the future guy's the name time. is craig allenson and the book series is called ascendance with an a and it's kind of like the typical wizard kind of trope and and he he did a whole series of books called expeditionary force which was more science fiction and i read that and so um or i'd listen to that so i try to get a series of books you know when i thought i could listen to anything but i tried to listen to a series that i downloaded wasted a uh, a credit on it and it was something i couldn't listen to it was too silly about trolls and shit oh gosh okay yeah yeah it was too young like this one's more complex mm, okay mm-hmm. and with that we're going to get out of here before before they close before down the shop thrown out. so we will hopefully 
see you guys again, even though we can't see you, in roughly two weeks. Right. Because by that time, I'll have a headset like Brad's, and then we can jam. Mm-hmm. Now, we could possibly do it on Saturday. We could do another one on next Saturday, because I'm not going to leave till Saturday afternoon okay. to go to Asheville. We'll figure it but, out. But maybe not. Okay. All right. Have a great day, Goodbye, everyone. everybody.